Before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Hello, one and all, to the Insanely Dangerous Retro Pod Show. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Let's just... Just don't hurt the kids, okay? Who would win in a steel cage match between Andy Crane, Andy Peters versus Nilby Cannon and Tommy Boyd? Sounds like a scratchy robot chicken. 12 inch BA Barackers dolls. You do like a 12 incher. Here we go. It worked how I think it's going to work. It's going to be bang average. No, oh, I'm just I'm just over it now. Start recording for perhaps it's you. Hi everybody. It's perhaps it's you. As you might have heard from my beautiful song. And this is everybody's absolute favoritist Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. There are millions of them, but obviously we're the gold standard. We're the best. We're I'm definitely li- in your top five. <laughs> no. So we have the no. We're the <laughs> best one. Well, we are the best one, but I'm. it might be bold to claim that we're everybody's favorite. Oh but we're God. probably in everyone's, I'm going to say top five. You're too humble. We are in the top 1.5% of all podcasts in the entire world, Samantha. According to that sketchy website, we are. Yeah, and I have no reason to believe that that's not true. I have not seen any evidence to suggest that that is a lie. You can't put something on the internet that isn't true. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Samantha, think before you talk. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, BD Wong. We're here once again to discuss an episode of Classic Unsolved Mysteries brought to you by Dennis Farina. No, Robert Stack. Yeah, get out of here with that Dennis Farina bullshit. Yeah. I mean, rest in peace to him, but that's not what we're doing. <laughs> and do we have any any updates before we get started? Um, I feel like we may have several holy water related updates. Oh, yes, I strange, do. Strange times <laughs> that we, we live in. But uh, in our last episode, we discussed the miracle of Lourdes. I didn't realize how strongly people felt about holy water. I assumed that if someone was going to be offended by that, my coverage <laughs> of that segment, it would be my my statement I believe the quote was "Jesus Easy Bake Oven" is is the phrase yeah, I used. Yeah, that's that. I one, speculated um, that that communion wafers might be cooked in a Jesus Easy Bake Oven, and that's what get, get, turns them no, into Jesus. No, uh, Samantha, you were wrong. That didn't seem to offend people, or if it, it, it probably offended some people, but they were kind enough not to bring it up. But yeah, people have very strong feelings about holy water, which I would like someone to explain to me whether or not the water. The Lourdes water isn't holy water. It is no, because it it's is not holy, but it's not holy water. Is that true? Is that is that okay. how holy, I want to describe? holy water is blessed by a priest, and that is the 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 water at Lourdes. I'm kind of obsessed with this water now. <laughs> is is just a miracle? It's miracle water. It's slightly different. 
it hasn't been blessed for like i don't know baptisms and stuff like that it's just people go to see if they can be cured at at lords though okay some people seem to object to me saying i wanted to drink the water which i wasn't saying to be like i don't know an edge lord i just want to see if it'll cure me but i looked it up people go there and drink it i'm not the I'm not just making up sold. that up. They sell it. Yeah, they literally <laughs> sell we, it. We didn't realize until we started looking into this, but you can purchase it directly from Lourdes. I saw, Liz sent me an Instagram post of someone drinking it out of a straw with a straw, like a juice box. <laughs> yeah, it, it's there's fountains there. People go. Some people like bathe in it or like splash it on themselves, but people do drink it. That's not. That's they not turn just me it being into products. There's soap. <laughs> Yeah, there's mints. There's breath mints. So you can consume. Clearly, you can consume it if they are like, okay, you could claim they're selling the water, but you're not meant to drink it, but they're selling it in breath mints. So you're obviously meant, you're to, meant to eat those. Yeah. That. So, so I, I felt I felt kind of bad for a moment because I, I wasn't trying, you know, so much to be rude about it. I just wanted to see if I could be cured. And it, no, people drink the water. So, and they sell it. But I would be very touched if someone would sneak in a little soy sauce fish and fill that up for me. But if anybody wants to just send us the water from Lourdes, I'll st- my offer still stands. I, w- I will drink it. And if I'm cured, I'm dedicating my life to Christ. Sure. Let's- I'll eat a breath mint. And if that cures me, I'll dedicate my life to Christ. Now, it does have to cure all my ailments. And I have several. Uh, but that's the deal. Not, yeah, that's the deal. A, a one. A I mean, we're thing. we're not on death's door like some of these people we heard. So it should be I, a low. Yeah, it's a low bar. Yeah, I feel like it should be able to cure us. Yeah. Um. Some people objected to the the number of people we said were cured. Sixty nine. Look, we didn't pick the coolest, funniest number. <laughs> that is from the church itself. Um. And yeah, maybe there's been other undocumented cases of healing, but. We're gonna go with what the church has like substantiated. I think if you were a believer, I think that's fair. That Lourdes, the Lord's water, the spring has miraculous healing properties. I don't know why you would even consider non-verified claims. Like the Catholic Church has to verify the mirac- that it's a miracle in order for you to even consider that. I mean, that's what I, I can say. I was cured. You could so someone sent us an Amazon link. You can buy this freaking water on Amazon. I'm sure it's not the actual water. I'm sure someone's bottling it in their basement. But I could buy that on Amazon, drink it, and say that I was cured. And that doesn't mean I was. Like the church would have to verify in order for it to count. That's kind and of that's makes what, it that's, a the, miracle. that's where the sixty nine number is coming from. <laughs> the church. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, maybe it'll be seventy people tomorrow, but well, right it might now? be after we get those those breath mints, but oh. you know, we won't know until we eat them. So, the yeah. other thing is that I, I we found an, an obituary for someone who was oh, named yes. Lorraine Echeverria, and someone pointed out that that per- that we said I said on the air that that person died at seventy three, and Lorraine Echeverria went to Lourdes to be cured at the age of 15, which means she would only be 60 years old right now. So that could not have been her. Look, I can't do math. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. That didn't occur to me at all. For a moment, I was like looking up the obituary again. Like, this can't be right. I can't be wrong because maybe we don't take criticism. Well, I don't know. But no, I was completely wrong. (laughs) Uh, Lorraine Echeverria is probably 
still alive. I There's only one obituary for a Lorraine Echeverian, and it seems to be her mom. I didn't realize that her mom, they had the same name. Um, uh, well, that's just confusing. It is confusing. <laughs> that's not your fault. I absolve you. If I could do math, I would probably have some sort of hit science podcast not <laughs> one of 1400 unsolved mysteries podcasts some sort of hit science podcast i want to listen to that but that podcast samantha's hit science podcast you're yeah explaining very successful yeah samantha can you okay so the universe is expanding what is it expanding into that's what i want you to cover on your hit science podcast Ex- please expansion yeah okay all right yeah Hmm. Yeah, like it like it does (laughs) well i'll be tuning into that for sure uh i would like to thank listener aaron for an amazing illustration of the bay road beast that she (laughs) made amazing is an understatement i love this thing it's so funny to me of the bay road beast which lists its traits as wait what are they what are they again? Yeah, but it says wanted. Beast of Bray Road. Five to seven foot tall. Annoying. <laughs> very muscular. And then the Bay Road priest is saying, I am better than you. <laughs> if you don't subscribe to our Patreon, we covered the uh, documentary called The Bray Road Beast, which is supposedly a werewolf people saw in rural Wisconsin. And... Uh, spoiler alert, the documentary is not that great and I'm pretty no. sure I solved the mystery of werewolves two seconds yeah. into it but hilariously this werewolf is described as anywhere from <laughs> five to seven feet tall which they think to seem to point to as evidence that is very conclusive that people had to have seen a werewolf because it was uh-huh. Uh-huh. somewhere between five and seven feet tall I don't remember if we called it annoying or if someone in the documentary called it annoying no, I think we were just I think we were just annoyed. Well, we but, were. Yeah. So, yeah. Annoying is one of its traits. <laughs> and also, someone said it was very muscular. So. Someone called it very muscular. And someone else said, I think it might be the woman who like seems to have dedicated her whole life to this cryptid. I, she described it as as thinking it was better than everyone. <laughs> she said that a lot of people felt like it was trying to convey a message. And one of the examples of that message is, I am better than you, which is a very arrogant beast of Bayron. It also directly contradicts its behavior, which is cowering <laughs> in ditches primarily. Eating uh, roadkill. Look, beast of Bayron. I eat very little roadkill, so I think actually I'm better than you. Anyway, cough up a dollar, head over to our Patreon. You'll get access to that episode as well as like over 40 other episodes. I went back because I was bored this weekend and and listened to our Rob Lowe episodes, our Low Files <laughs> episodes. They are so funny. I we said it over and over again in our coverage of the Low Files that we wish there were more episodes of the Low Files. I, and I really do. Do wish there were more episodes of that show. It was so fun to talk about. We did squeeze three episodes, three Patreon episodes <laughs> out of that shallow well that is the Low Files, but god damn it was so funny or i i really want to go back and listen to our bar rescue episode oh yeah that's a good one because travis and i were trying to find something to watch and we wound up on youtube and youtube suggested bar rescue to us i was like oh i remember when we talked about that for patreon randomly 
but those are that's the kind of coverage no i think that was like i don't even think that was for patreon maybe that might have been like our one year anniversary (laughs) special (laughs) why did we do that because we had talked about it i don't know that's so funny i forgot we did that just for a free episode um yeah i'm kind of obsessed with holy water now from my research i want it i want to be cured and i want the cool bottles that they come in that's true. The water from Lourdes comes in amazing bottles. And there's a there's a wide variety of bottles to choose from, and some of them are very kitschy, and some of them are just like, I don't know, quaint. <laughs> it seems like, a you range. Could, it seems like you could go to any any uh, random thrift store, and the chance of finding a bottle of Lourdes water is is good. I don't know. I've never found one, but then again, I would never have been looking until What's now. What's funny is like. You know how you don't know that something exists, and then you learn if it's existence, yes. and you suddenly start seeing it everywhere? I feel like that's this Lord's water. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Also, I was looking up. I feel like Unsolved Mysteries did not do the location justice. The Basilica is... I mean, I should have known. It's like France. It's so pretty. And then the you actual, like... There. That's That's... By the end of the day of looking up into stuff from from lord's water i was saying to mac like i want to go here and he was like wow this has been a journey <laughs> well they like, let us in as I non-believers so. i think as, so like, tourists yeah absolutely yeah it's just a it's a it's a I pilgrimage site but other people yeah. go it looks beautiful and then in the grotto there's like the statue of the virgin mary but like surrounded by greenery and this giant like candelabra thing i don't know it just looks cool I think we should check it out. So definitely sign up for our Patreon because Samantha and I need to fly to France. <laughs> We're saving up that podcast. We're going to need thousands and thousands of dollars. We're going to so need that, a few more patrons. So that we can drink that sweet, sweet water fresh from the source. You know? Yeah, it's got to be better fresh, don't you think? I would think so. It might be more powerful. Not for Bernadette, though. The well, one person, the person who discovered it and couldn't be cured. I do need someone to explain to me Bernadette's situation because poor that is, Bernadette. Poor Bernadette. That is grim. She's the whole reason for all this bullshit, and it didn't even save her. No, she died at thirty-five. Oh, rest in peace, Bernadette. I'm sorry. Um, any other updates? Uh, yeah. any, any unholy water related updates I don't, I don't have any um i was gonna thank laurel for their very nice email that was just basically telling us how much how great we are so thank you listener laurel we love emails like this we need the ego boost we need the encouragement to keep going you know Money is also good. Five star review, st- five star reviews, of course. Yes, always good. But a, a little email just to stroke her ego. I mean, thank you, Laurel. Much appreciated. So we are on season six, episode seventeen, the episode I wanted to do last time. <laughs> We're actually here now, and um, can you see why I thought you'd be so jealous of my first segment? Yes. Because your first, first segment, segment is, is 
was a pet mystery. And I was like, oh my God, why doesn't Unsolved Mysteries have a pet mystery every episode? They should. Please. Not only is this a pet mystery, but it's basically a lost love with pets. Uh, it's so good. Which I didn't even know I needed. But... No, I love it. It's like yeah. my favorite now. Okay, so this is considered the unexplained, which is also amazing. And it opens with Robert Snack in a turtleneck with a beautiful collie. Like, a is this star lassie collie. Is this the dog actor that plays played lassie? I mean, I think there's been a bunch of lassies over the years, so maybe. Well, true. Okay, so this is the mystery of animals who found their way home guided by quote their own mysterious radar (laughs) and robert stack calls it truly one of nature's most baffling mysteries so this is a couple instances of animals who found their way home when that should have been impossible and it's just adorable. So our first case is Sue Anderson, originally from Baltimore. In 1992, she packed up for a cross-country move to Modesto, California. It was um, so it was her in her truck with all of her belongings and five pet cats. Puss. <laughs> this woman is driving down the street with just a cab full of cats. They're full of cats, <laughs> like cats on a dashboard, cats on top of her head. Like I can't imagine trying to drive while there's like, yeah, five cats. Like pet me, pet me. Anyway, these are the names of the the pet, the cats, and I want to know which one you like best. There is Puss, <laughs> Cinderella, Booger, Nova. And Stardust. I really like Stardust, but Booger is hilarious to me. And also the idea that you would have a cat just called Puss. I can't pick a favorite. I actually kind of feel bad for Booger. Like maybe Booger is not the favorite cat because that's not like a super nice name. I think naming your cat Stardust is so like pure and sincere. Like that's just an act of love. Like a seven year old would name their cat Stardust and I love it. But also Cinderella is good. I don't know. They're pretty good. Okay. So she was also caravanning with her brother who was in a separate vehicle because they were both moving west. And we learned that she was especially fond of Nova because cat favoritism, who was a black cat who had been left outside her apartment and she had like let in and cared for and they had become very close. So towards the end of her trip, Nova started to act strange and needy. And I was like, yeah, it's because you have these cats in a cab of a truck. This She was on the road for 10 days. Which just sounds so distracting. Why don't you put them in carriers? Uh, Samantha, that's cruel. I don't know. I really don't. Uh, 10 days. Well, she's literally driving from one coast to the other coast. But I was like, 10 days of driving? Just with loose cats in the cab of your truck. Yeah. I I I did like a two-day across the country move with a guinea pig, and that was in a cage, and that was bad enough. It was bad enough to keep getting that guinea pig lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so her and her brother pulled over to a rest stop about 200 miles from their final destination so they could sleep until the morning. Unfortunately, during the night, Nova escaped through like you know, the crack in the lowered window. So when Sue wakes up, she realizes that Nova got out. She's very upset. They searched for about an hour, but couldn't find her and they had to leave without her. 
This is a terrible feeling. Have you ever had a pet get out and get go missing? At Lenny, yeah. It's he's it's gotten a horrible, out a couple times. Hopeless feeling. I know you feel very irresponsible, even if your pet is just a jerk. <laughs> you feel like, oh no, I've like let it down, and, and what if I can't being find out it? There, like I lost know. and sad and scared and cold or whatever is 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 horrible. Or the idea that you might never find them and just never know what happens to them. Yeah. Oh, oh I would want to. Oh, I yeah, hate even seeing like lost pet posters. Back when I had a guinea pig, I would see lot pet, lost pet posters and be like, oh, good. This can't be me. My guinea pig can't get anywhere. But now I'm looking at Lenny right now. A little jerk. <laughs> Could definitely be him. They're crafty. And you want to get inside their head and be like, what do you think is out there? Like, you're not going to have it better. No, you they have it so the good. They you have, have all so your good. meals hand delivered to you. Air conditioning. Like, you're not going to get it, have a better life out there beyond <laughs> the fence. I mean, it's probably just like a smell or, yeah, I don't know. Lenny's just naughty. So he's like, wee, got to get out. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, Sue started a new job and a co worker, this is very sweet, gave her a picture of a black cat. She like felt bad. She lost her cat. So Sue hangs this up in her cubicle. And she said that she would look at it every day and pray that Nova would find her way home. Why in the reenactment does she color the picture of the cat's eyeballs with a yellow <laughs> highlighter? I don't know, but it's just, there's something sweet about it. It's also, if the reenactment is correct, this picture that her coworker gives her is literally just like a black and white printout of like a Halloween cat. And I'm trying to imagine your coworker walking over and being like, I'm so sorry you lost your cat. Here, I took five seconds to print this out for you. <laughs> like, what an awkward... I don't know. But uh, clearly, clearly, Sue really appreciated it. And yeah, she colored in the, the eyeballs with a highlighter for some reason. And that seems to have literally prayed to it. Look, we can't judge because it worked. Well, that co-worker was very sweet. But her other co-workers seemed to be dicks because she tells us... Uh, oh, everybody was like, move on. It's just a cat. You're never going to see him again. Like, move on. Which was also, a mean thing to say. <laughs> she's like new in this town. It's not like she know like, it's not like she knows anybody. Like, move on and I don't, what? Just not talk about it? I don't know. Stupid. So, um, but it doesn't matter because Nova found her way home. A full year passed, but in July 16, 1993, Sue came across two stray cats outside of work. And, lo and behold, one was Nova, who had somehow traveled over 200 miles over unfamiliar territory to find her. She says that she knew it was Nova because she recognized a mole in her ear and five or six distinguishing white hairs on her chest and also her claws. Robert Stack asks, how can we explain Nova's incredible journey? Noted animal behaviorist Miram Yarden theorizes that owners and their pets can develop strong enough bonds to develop a kind of mental telepathy. And that every day when Sue was praying that her cat would come back, that was sending messages to Nova. And then Nova would be like, message received. <laughs> I am on my way. I will scurry down these alleys until I find you, Sue. This animal behaviorist says something that I'm constantly saying and I cannot <laughs> deny, which is I can't prove it 
didn't it wasn't mental telepathy <laughs> yeah i don't know if that really counts as a theory where she was like prove it wasn't I'm like well all right miriam um, I guess I can't. would you like to know my very cynical theory about this story sure of course i feel ba- i don't think this is the same cat you know that crossed my mind too does she just want it to be the same cat so, so bad that she found a black cat and is convinced it's nova I mean, sometimes there are stories where someone like their cat gets out. Their, their a cat comes back. They're like, "Oh, good, my cat." And then like another cat comes back, and they're like, "No way, this is actually my cat." You know what I mean? Because they like, I don't know, don't look that different, <laughs> so you don't really notice. This happened to my fr- a friend of mine that she had two cats, and one of them was like not super friendly. It was like not really like. I don't know. It didn't like people. It was always hiding. She had rescued it and um, it just wasn't it wasn't <laughs> that uh into it. <laughs> so and one day she was like, Oh, the cat is suddenly like this cat is suddenly like a lot more interested in me. No, that wasn't the same cat. Like a different cat that looked exactly like it had like come into her house to eat the food. And so suddenly she had three cats, but she didn't realize it for a while. Because one was always hiding. Yes! That's so funny. One day you see two cats just walk through. <laughs> that she was Wait like, a second. <laughs> yeah. She's like, wait. She's like, huh, this cat's behavior is suddenly a lot more friendly than it used to be. That's good. And then she was like, wait, what's that lump in my bed? And that was her actual cat. <laughs> they just looked very much alike. Yeah. I mean, there's this mole thing, but I don't know. I really cats do think- have cats can have mole. More than one cat can have a mole in its ear. I think she just wanted it to be Nova, and she found this stray cat, and then she was like, "Oh, it's Nova." And you know what? That's fine. She's happy. I'm sure the cat was happy to be taken in. This is a this is a victimless crime. <laughs> but I'm I am not. It's a very sweet story, but I am not convinced this is the same cat. You're not convinced it was mental telepathy? I mean, prove it wasn't, Samantha. <laughs> get on get on your science podcast and prove this wasn't not just mental episode. telepathy, but mental telepathy with an animal. <laughs> yeah, this is the quote from her I wrote down. Can I prove it? No. Can anyone disprove it? Probably not. <laughs> Which is like a weird challenge to the viewer. <laughs> prove right. Prove it's not mental telepathy, bitch. <laughs> All right, Miriam, calm down. Okay, so our next story takes place Mother's Day weekend, 1992. John, this is a, a Minnesota story as well. Mm-hmm. John and Susan Rizgraf of Duluth and their three children are arrived at their cabin because the state is weird and everybody has access to a second house for some reason. And I don't understand it. Uh, so their Liz, cabin- how dare you? Their cabins. I don't. I haven't come. I've been coming for cabins lately. Cabin culture. Is it because everybody can't hang out with me because they're hanging out at their cabins? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting bitter. Problem with Minnesota is if you don't have a cabin, every weekend all your friends are unavailable because they're at their cabins. They're at their family's cabin. They're at their in-laws' cabins. And they're like, I go ride some jet skis, I guess. It would be cooler to hang out with me, but whatever. So their cabin was on the edge of Bearhead Lake State Park, which was about 100 miles from their home. 
The Rizgraffs also had their dogs with them, Lady, a Collie, and Wolfka, which is an amazing name for a dog, a, a Belgian Shepherd. Um, they felt perfectly comfortable letting the dogs wander around on their own. They had done it many times, and normally they returned within the hour. However, this time, when they let the dogs out, the dogs didn't come back, and they couldn't be found. Unfortunately, uh, before they could locate the dogs, a forest fire broke out nearby, and so they had to uh, immediately evacuate. Seven-year-old Hannah was particularly upset to leave without the dogs. And this made me cry. I know. And how hard to explain to a seven-year-old who's probably known this dog her entire life, like, yeah, we can't stay and look for possibly your favorite thing in the whole world because we're going to get caught up in a fire. <laughs> Awful. Uh, I also love reenactment Hannah's pink purple teal coat that she's wearing i don't know what it is about the 90s but everything for children was pink purple and teal everything coolers lunch boxes i don't know coats for sure i wonder how that started someone should write their dissertation on that i want to know the origins of pink purple teal get get it to me but yeah so it just was a uh, very authentic so the fire burned for days and actually destroyed 9,000 acres of um, forest. So the fa- they had asked family members closer to the cabin to see if they could go find the dogs, but if they were like maybe waiting there, but they were not. So Hannah prayed every night for Lady to come home. Lady was her favorite. And almost two weeks after she disappeared, she walked into Duluth, a hundred miles away from the cabin. They were called by an elderly couple who found Lady and found the phone numbers on her dog tag. Um, this was only 15 miles away from their home. So after 13 days apart, Lady was reunited with her family. It turns out, a couple days after disappearing, a railroad worker spotted a collie 30 miles from the cabin. The dog was following a set of train tracks headed east. Dogs are so smart. Except my dogs. (laughs) Other dogs. Very intelligent. Okay. He had tried to approach the dog, but Lady wouldn't have it and ran off. About a week later, she was spotted by an old logging trail approximately 15 miles from Duluth. So now we get one of the cutest graphics on Unsolved Mysteries ever, which is a map of Lady's journey. (laughs) And we see that she avoided the fire by staying close to Lake Superior and traveled for over 150 miles. Now, the sad news is we don't know what happened to Wolfka. It's probably because Hannah didn't pray for Wolfka, only prayed for Lady. That was my reaction, too. I put the blame (laughs) fully on Hannah. Prayer for Wolfka? She was like, I just hope lady comes back and her mom was like and wolfka and she was like yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) though despite having such a cool name so in this case i i mean this dog has tags on it i i'm this i do believe the story i just think i'm not sure it's as miraculous as they're portraying it though like if okay if you're familiar with northern minnesota there's not a ton of so their cabin is up in the Iron Range, and then they live in Duluth. And if you're going to travel from the Iron Range to Duluth, there's, like, one path. Like you're, And a dog is probably going to follow. Like, they spotted her. They spotted her on railroad tracks and logging trails, and those are just going to lead to Duluth. So it's not, like, it, it, she traveled, a, a, like, almost 100 miles, which is miraculous, but I'm not sure if it was, like, 
paranormal or, or, or <laughs> mental not, telepathy. Yeah, I think it's just like na- the natural course of her journey brought her to Duluth where they happened to live. Right. She didn't necessarily know that she was going towards them. She right, was which is like, what Unsolved Mysteries wants us to believe, which is adorable and I love the idea of it, but it's not like she showed up at their front door. <laughs> she showed up on the outskirts of... I'm not even sure if you would consider that Duluth. They show it on a map and it's quite a ways from Duluth proper where she was Samantha, found. Samantha, shush. But... I it's mean, I don't want you... on this, but... Because it is ador- <laughs> an adorable story and I'm so happy they found they found Lady, but I'm I not sure it was the unexplained... <laughs> dog comes home you don't think that counts as the unexplained no i mean it's i i think it's miraculous in its way i mean she traveled 100 miles that's a i mean it's amazing that she wasn't picked up and just taken by someone or she didn't die i mean i mean it's a it's a very attractive dog you know it's not like a a a mangy stray like this is a beautiful collie just wandering around and that's what the guy who saw who was working on the railroad near the railroad track said like you don't just see collies wandering around in the woods like this yeah yeah Yeah. clearly it's a it's a wanted pet um i do you think hannah should feel bad for not praying for wolfka that's the real question but maybe should maybe wolfka wasn't a good dog (laughs) maybe Maybe. a bad dog i don't know (laughs) maybe a different member of the family should have prayed for wolfka and they slacked maybe this is a story okay so this is like now my favorite unsolved mysteries i think the homeward bound I, i wanted more lost pet stories i think this should have been a regular segment Lost Absolutely. loves but pets. <laughs> like a turtle that found its way home. Yes. Or Okay, have you heard this story that this family had a tortoise? And I think it was owned by the grandfather, right? He had a pet tortoise. The grandfather passes away. Obviously, tortoises live forever. But they think after the grandfather passes away, oh, they can't find the tortoise. It must have, like, gotten out and, you know, whatever. Very slowly escaped. They can't find the tortoise. Like years go by. They're going through the grandfather's study and they find the tortoise. <laughs> After years? Yes. And it has been just like eating papers <laughs> in the study and surviving off that. That that should have been amazing a- to me. Apparently lost tortoises are it's a bigger problem than you might think. There's a reply all episode. And I don't know. Uh the the number and name of the episode but it is about a lost like a family that loses their tortoise because the tortoise apparently can move faster than you think and apparently they want to wander and they also hibernate so yeah i can't like if you don't find them they could go like under someone's porch and hibernate for the winter and then how are you going to find them i think it was hibernating in the study and that's why it didn't really need much food but just the idea of like, oh, our last pet was here all along eating books. Um, <laughs> I would love to get a pet por- tortoise, but they live so long. I would have to like will it to someone. Yeah, that would not be my preference. <laughs> As it is, I might have to will the, this donkey to someone because apparently they could live 40 years. Oh, we could outlive the donkey. Samantha. Well, we'll see the way the world's going. <laughs> yeah yeah this is a concern also if you get like a parrot yeah it's gonna outlive you outlive you and then mock you as you die i assume (laughs) Ah, you're dead (laughs) 
sucks to be you. I want you to get a parrot and teach it to say all of those phrases. We'll just put it, we'll just post it in the corner of the funeral home. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you'd have to bring the parrot to my funeral, and then the parrot's like, who Which cares? We will do. Wah! Who cares? Not sad. Wah! The funeral director's like, you can't bring pets in here. Like, it was her dying wish. I'm sorry. <laughs> the parrot's coming in. Yeah, look the other way. <laughs> this is not your concern. We're bringing in this sassy parrot to mock our dead friend. <laughs> No one cares. Okay, it's time for Samantha to talk about another unexplained thing. A more conventional unexplained. Is this that unexplained? I think it was at the time. Yeah, there's things that fly. Can you explain? Can you explain that to me, Samantha? Amazing. This is what I thought was going to be a UFO story, but really is kind of just an aviation nerd story. (laughs) So they they frame it as a UFO story. They're like, "What if this is a UFO? What if this is aliens?" And then I try to tie it to Roswell. My note on that is just, uh, "Oh my god, I'm so sick of Roswell." Stop with it, Roswell. But also, handle one more Roswell mystery. But also, we need to go to Roswell. Well, on we our... do, of course. But I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> on, our way to, on our way to France, we'll have a quick layover. In Roswell. <laughs> in Roswell, which definitely has its own international airport. So this is the mystery of interceptors, which are thought to be military mm-hmm. stealth aircraft that the government does not acknowledge. Yeah, well, they, they did eventually. So this whole segment is kind of a bust. This is... The idea that you would question whether or not the government has secret military aircraft that they're not going to tell us about or that they're testing sounds is just completely absurd to me at this point. But I guess maybe at the time this Samantha, was Samantha, the government is very open with us and I don't know why you would question them. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, at the opening of the segment, we learn that people are taking videos of this phenomenon, which are lights, lights in the mysterious lights in the sky, and that while some people believe the strange lights are of alien origin, others believe that they are witnessing top secret military aircraft. Which I think they're they're witnessing the most blurry footage anyone has ever seen. This yeah, the evidence is thin. I'm actually surprised this turned out to be a government thing instead of nothing because this footage is so bad yeah so they play a little montage of footage and robert stack tells us what each one is these are the examples a pencil thin aircraft trailing balls of gold light Ooh. uh and this is accompanied by a, a blurry f- video footage of this of the sky I, I don't know that i could tell that they were trails of of whatever you were picturing in your mind no blurrier nope (laughs) blur it again blur 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 because it looks like nothing that could be like a bird i don't know robert stack speculates that it could be evidence of an exotic new propulsion system it could be a frisbee (laughs) it could be a it could be dust on the lens of that camera it could be uh, 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 my this patience. <laughs> my patience wears thin. 
The next one is a mysterious object traveling at a high rate of speed weaving around conventional airplanes. This, I really think, could be a lightning bug. Just, <laughs> just like, closer to the camera than... So weaves around. Yeah, um... weaving around the airplane. I don't know. The next one is a light hovering over the desert in Nevada, which Robert Stack describes as haunting. I Yeah, I'm haunted by it. <laughs> Haunted by the fact we had to watch it. And then the next one is a soundless, a soundless wedge-shaped object floating over, of all places, Roswell. Of course. So we're introduced to Stephen Douglas, who has been documenting these sightings and seems to have dedicated his whole life to this. He says that these crafts uh, have been seen doing incredible things, such as stopping at a dime and spinning like a, quote, ballet dancer. Yeah, I wrote that down too. What a what a charming way to describe a military plane. <laughs> he has like this whole like very um setup. He has like a whole den just for his like UFO research. It's like a pretty big room. I think he works for a magazine maybe or something. I don't I didn't write down. I need this ufo tracking room in my life (laughs) do i just want like some extra room in my house maybe but i think that would be pretty cool i don't i mean it is cool it's the only cool thing about this whole segment (laughs) so he says that tech that this technology isn't available in known aircraft and he thinks that the lights people are seeing are experimental military crafts that are being kept secret and they are the end <laughs> of course they are i mean you think the government wasn't out there t- flying their drones around before they admitted that to be to making them <laughs> right yeah exactly. i realize we're looking at this segment in hindsight but we're about to go over like an example that had happened before this so there's precedent for this according to robert stack in 1988 the government unveiled the first stealth fighter and according to wikipedia stealth aircraft like this one are designed to avoid detection using a variety of technologies that reduce like emission uh, and detection with of from radar such as infrared uh radio frequencies audio technology some bullshit i don't understand Anyway, prior to the government's announcement of this aircraft in the 80s, there were rumors that it was being tested. And obviously people saw it because all these people just spend much of their lives standing in the desert photographing airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also people just like live there. That's true. I'm primarily thinking of people like like Douglas. But yes, also people just live in the area. You're like these losers just standing around, mouths agape, watching the sky, hoping to see military aircraft. Anyway, rumors abounded that the government had these secret projects to develop stealth aircraft, and then turns out they were. Uh, it was unveiled in 1988. So I don't know. So I don't know why we're speculating that these could be of alien origin, but because they needed a segment. That's why. Mm, that's true. So Stephen Douglas <laughs> believes that the government is developing a secret spy plane. He claims that one flew over his office. That's convenient, isn't it? It is convenient. He ran outside and photographed the cloud trailing the aircraft and believes that the photo shows evidence of pulse detonation propulsion technology. See, this is like pre-chemtrail nonsense, but we are talking about 
what is the word he keeps using? Contrail? Yes. It's the contrail of this plane is like donuts on a rope or something. <laughs> because it has like little circles along it. Oh, he I thinks that's donuts on a rope. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Um <laughs> and then that's proof that it's something weird. It might be. I don't know. Another sure. sighting occurred in 1992 at a mock war game near Roswell, New Mexico, when, surprise, they saw an airplane. By a uh, mock war game? Airplane. Hard, hard to believe. Hard to believe. <laughs> Steven saw and videotaped a strange triangular object in the sky, which, again, is the blurriest photo you can imagine. Oh, man. I can't even imagine a photo this blurry, and yet there it is. Unsolved Mystery says, coincidentally, the sighting occurred near where an unknown object crashed in a field in Roswell in 1947, called the Roswell Incident. Yeah, it's not really a coincidence, because the, the they scheduled an airplane event in Roswell, <laughs> and someone saw an airplane. Oh, there's no more annoying weekend in Chicago than the air and water show. Oh. When they have all the, like planes fly around like like zoom possibly right past your office building <laughs> oh it's the and all these you know it's just like inundated with tourists to like look at boats a thing i don't understand but yeah those planes just zipping around it's so loud oh i hate it so much but anyway i sort of feel like if i was like in the in chicago weekend of the air and water show going i just can't believe there's these planes here what a coincidence <laughs> anyway uh unsolved mysteries sent the photo to the some government agencies i think they sent it to i forget if it was the army or someone who said well that looks like an, a navy plane and then they sent it to the navy and the navy said this picture is too blurry to see what this is <laughs> they gave a real maybe that first thing like this looks like a navy plane was a read they were like this looks like shit ask the navy and the navy was like i can't even tell what this is so now i'm realizing why we have all these branches of the military and it's so that give people to run around yeah yeah it's like no go ask the navy about that and they're like i don't know have you talked to the air force um, I cannot tell you how mad I am that Biden is keeping the Space Force. It just even saying it out loud, I'm now filled with a white hot rage. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there's almost no words. Yeah, there's really not. I was gonna say so. So while we were on hiatus, there was a lot of UFO talk. A lot of the government admitting there's UFOs. Do you think that that is to somehow get even more military funding? Probably. It would not. I would, I would say it wouldn't surprise me. How can we give them any more money? They get all the money. How could they possibly get any more? I don't understand. But all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, UFOs are real. We better prepare for that. How? What? Yeah. Gotta, gotta fund up the Space Force. Oh, I'm I so would... tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> I mean, as we speak, billionaires are launching themselves into space. Now, if oh, they would just stay If they would there? just stay, please, and enjoy space. <laughs> forever don't come back 
please race your way right into the sun. Which billionaire can land on the sun first? Let's find out. I hope it's all of them. Goodbye forever. I, yeah. I no again. We need to convince them that we're gonna have a race and that that we're gonna handle the reentry, and they just need to get the rockets ready to go and just let them. I I want Jeff Bezos just floating in space forever. <laughs> I want him to just starve in space. That I think is the only fitting end for him. It'd be poetic in a way. Just his corpse floating around in a little rocket. You you could do you could do a race to like, I don't know, let's see how many people we can feed. That would be a nice billionaire race, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. see how many let's see how fast we can solve the climate catastrophe. Yeah. Let's see how many people we can house. That would be a great they could we could put like charts on the news for them, like, oh, this billionaire Elon Musk housed this many people this week. He's in the lead, right? No, no. It's which one of us dummies can launch ourselves into space. They do know people have already gone to space, right? Like, it's been done. Maybe no one's told them. (laughs) Maybe. They're unfamiliar with the cosmonauts. You're like, already dogs and monkeys have done this. Are you really like, (laughs) is it really like that pressing that you do it to? That you do what a monkey has done? All right. So, Stephen believes that the second object he saw was the, get ready for some real nerdy shit, the TR-3A Black Manta. Mm-hmm. An mm-hmm. aircraft. It sounds like a, a G.I. Joe villain. The Black I, okay, Manta. I, I, I was Googling this, and I do think Black Manta might be a, a cartoon character, but if you check out the aircraft wiki, which exists... Sure, of course it does. The TR-3A Black Manta is a reputed black project of the United States government. I'm reading off the wiki. It's supposed It's supposed to be a stealthy tactical reconnaissance and laser target designation aircraft... Ugh. It is speculated to be a development of the Lockheed F-117 Nighthawk. I don't know what uh-huh, any of this means. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, it's black triangular in shape with angular facets flying in formation with other planes during the Gulf War. I don't I don't understand. Apparently, it supposedly has laser-guided bombs. Um, yeah, so do I. Big deal. It's unclear to me like if this is... Like a confirm, I don't know if this is a, a confirmed aircraft now, but at the time it was a, a rumor. But definitely at the time of Unsolved Mysteries, they were speculating that this aircraft was in development as a spy plane, and that's what he thought he saw in Roswell. Um, maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know why the government would fly their secret planes above a aircraft convention. <laughs> um. I mean, I guess there'd be a lot of aircraft around. Maybe that's like a diversion. Hide in plain sight, maybe. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but okay, that's but the mystery, the, I guess. The end of this segment just go like, the government has confirmed that there's a Manta. Isn't that the like update? Is it? I think so. God damn, I don't even remember. <laughs> so I, I think that it turned out that the assets did exist. I... I who cares? I mean, 
I guess I, I wish none of this stuff existed, but beyond that. Yeah. It I guess it it does not surprise me at all that the government would be developing secret aircraft that they're not telling us about. Of course they are. They have way too much money. I think that's just proof of this. That's what this, that's the real reveal of this segment. They don't need all this money. <laughs> To be flying around by calling things the Black Manta and flying them around, please. That is absurd. It just sounds like something, yeah, from like Thundercats. <laughs> the Black Manta. Yeah, I don't know. And I wish there was more aliens in this, but that it wasn't in Roswell. That seems to be the 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 connection to the unexplained. Is it happened near Roswell? Could it be paranormal? No, it's probably just the government's secret projects. Yeah, yeah. I, I was excited you were going to get a UFO mystery, but that was kind of a bad one. It wasn't my favorite. Now we get a very unnecessary update on the Shroud of Turin. Um, which Why is... do we need an update on the Shroud of Turin? I don't know. It's and it's so I, long. I'm not sure if there was like new information we hadn't seen before or not. This woman like talked about a painting technique that could have possibly created the shroud of turin and since i'm not like convinced the shroud of turin is like miraculous in any way which also the church doesn't think that it is so i was like yeah that probably was painted got it not necessary this update not at all no okay so moving on this is uh this is a spooky unexplained death this is quite sad so we're going to um fernald ohio which is 20 miles from Cincinnati. The main employer for that area used to be the Feed Materials Production Center, which was also known as NLO. And this was um, like a factory. I'm not even sure quite what you call it. A plant owned by the Department of Energy. And this was used to produce uranium for nuclear weapons. We first hear from Harry Easterling, who tells us that when he was hired there, he was told that it was a low-level radiation plant and nothing to worry about. Uh, not suspicious at all. <laughs> However, low-level radiation plant. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry about, about it. it. Which also, I don't. I'm assuming the reenactments are not from this actual plant. I'm not sure wh- where they use to film them, but if they're accurate at all, like nobody is wearing like any sort of protective gear like they're just wearing like hard hats to go mix uranium or whatever they're doing i okay anyway so in 1984 there was a scandal when the plant accidentally released a cloud of radioactive smoke into the atmosphere and an investigation found that over the years they had released 200 tons of radioactive particles into the air and water and that effectively, it was the third largest nuclear waste dump in the country. Cool. Lovely. So if you weren't distrusting the government from the last segment, we've got this one. Um, we now hear from DC Cole, who is quite a character. He's a private investigator with a ponytail and some questionable facial hair. Not a mustache, but wow. And he tells us, that it's an environmental disaster that caused a strong local distrust of the government. Not really a surprise there. So a few months before the environmental scandal broke, there was another scandal. In June 1984, employee Dave Box disappeared while on the job. His body was never found, but some of his personal items 
war and he's presumed dead. He had been working for, at NLO for three years. Dave Bach's family and myself personally are convinced that he was murdered. Originally from Staten Island, Dave was hired in 1981 by the NLO as a pipe fitter. He was a father to three kids and was divorced but devoted to his family. Um, in June 18th, 1984, he went to work. He worked the graveyard shift. And his regular schedule is that he would meet Harry Easterling to share a ride at a local restaurant parking lot. Harry says that everything that day seemed normal. Um, he was, like, talking about this vacation he was planning with his kids. He had gotten a new lunchbox. Like, it was very mundane. So Dave's main job was to inspect and maintain equipment throughout the plant which seemed there were several people that did this. And because you're dealing with radioactive materials, it needed like constant inspection and upkeep. Um, but he was also no, despite being a quiet guy, he was known to like point out potential hazards to his coworkers, which makes me like, this plant does not seem like up to snuff at all that he oh, would no. be like, so this guy, Harry is newer than Dave. So Harry would be like, Oh, be careful when you're working on such and such pump. It's full of acid. And I was kind of like, why? <laughs> also, should you have to like by word of mouth, be warning people about these like potentially very hazardous things. Like be careful. It's about- supposed to work, but like, be careful about such and such. Uh, it's extremely radioactive. Like, Oh, okay. What happens when someone forgets to tell the new guy? Yeah, that pumps, that pump is full Yeah. Whoopsie. Yeah. So anyway, but he was, he was known for giving people like a heads up what to look out for. Um, That night he was given an assignment to inspect a pump. So at, so he goes off to do that. Um, And then at 4 a.m. he's seen by an anonymous witness um, having a, what looks like a serious conversation with a supervisor in a car that it looks like the two of them were arguing but the windows were rolled up, even though it was pretty hot, so they couldn't hear what they were talking about. Uh, at 5 a.m., that same witness ran into Dave and asked if he needed help with anything. Um, and the reason he asked that was because he wasn't in, like, the right area. Like, he knew that he'd been inside to, like, go work on this pump and, like, plant four or whatever. And he was in some other place. So he was like, oh, did you need help with anything? And he was, And Dave said no, that he was actually on his way to go put his tools away for the night. And the witness said that, um, that okay, so that's the last time he's seen alive. So that was at 5 a.m. At 7 a.m., there was a safety meeting, um, which this place clearly desperately needed, but Dave wasn't there. Um, and when he went to wrap for the day, Harry Easterling noticed that Dave's keys were still on the top of his toolbox, which is where he left them when they were working. So I think this was included his cars and house keys, but the reason he would have them out is because they had lockers for, like, their clothes and stuff. So um, he just noticed, oh, his keys are still on the top of his toolbox. He must be working overtime. And he's, like, still out doing work. So he left a message for him through someone that he was leaving for the night, but that he could get a ride with him again tomorrow. Um, okay, so that's all we get for that day. So at 7.30 that morning, which I suppose is actually just shortly after, that's actually shortly after Harry Easterling sees the keys, so he sees them at 7. At 7.30, an employee notified his supervisor, this is so gross, that 
the, so he's like working on this like giant furnacey oven thing. I look, I don't really know what it does. Okay. It honestly, okay, I'm sure this isn't what it actually looks like, but in the reenactment, it appears to just be a dumpster that they like <laughs> lit a fire in. It's a dumpster full of uranium. I don't know. It is like a giant, yeah, square open box full of liquid lava i'm not really sure but anyway he tells his supervisor that the casings in his oven were covered in a strange sticky residue and also there was an unusual smell his and supervi- apparently his supervisor was like yeah 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 go back to work he was like yeah go back to work and he was like look i'm not trying to cause trouble but i swear i saw a leg in there and so his supervisor like gets up on this like little rickety ladder and is mixing, poking around, <laughs> mixing the lava with a giant spoon. I don't know how else to describe it. And he was like, "It's fine. Quit trying to get out of work." Which this guy like, I don't know. I don't think if you're telling your supervisor, I think I saw a human leg in my furnace. That that's how you try to get out of work. No, I don't think so. So okay, so then that night at eleven. Harry Easterlings arrives at the restaurant parking lot to meet up with Dave as usual. His car was already there. So Harry was like, oh, he's here. He's probably picking up some food before we go. But then he touches the car and the car is cold. And that's when he realizes, oh, it's actually been there since the night before. Something is wrong. So he goes into work. He reports him missing at the factory. And he he has them open his locker. The impression that I get is that, like, Harry realizes there's reason to be concerned, and the people at the work are like, yeah, whatever. That like, was the impression I got, too. <laughs> they're not like, oh, so this person was last seen here, never seen it again, and we have giant vats of, like, uranium or something. Who cares? But he makes them open up his locker, and it has this, what is in there is the clothes he had been wearing the day before. So he clearly, like, never left. So he's missing as of Sunday, but for some reason, his family isn't informed until Tuesday. When his ex-wife is contact, then his next wife tries to contact the plant the next day on Wednesday to find out what happened. And they just tell her, we can't tell you anything. That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I think maybe from her, there's an internal investigation. I'm not sure exactly how the internal investigation happens i'm assuming she contacted the police and is like what the fuck happened to the father of my children why is his work like yeah you don't need to know but anyway he's gone well they looked so someone got them to look at the temperature of the furnace and saw that the night he disappeared there was a dramatic like spike like the the temperature of the furnace spiked down which it should not do as if something large had been thrown in Yes. And I think couldn't quite ignore that, I think. And I do think the police got involved, but I don't remember the details. I don't think it really, um, I don't know that, that, I don't know that we're told how this investigation happens, but yeah. So they find that there was this dip in the furnace by uh, 28 degrees, which was highly unusual. And that would suggest that something fell into the furnace um also someone found what they thought was a piece of bone on the lip of the furnace so the police were contacted and the furnace was was turned off it took three days for the liquid to cool then for some fucking reason it's the employees who shift through the material looking for evidence 
I don't know why they have to like try to find evidence of their dead coworker. It's so grim. Anyway, what they found in the cooled off furnace goo is uh, they found his keys. However, this discovery confuses Harry, who saw his keys in his toolbox two hours before that temperature dip. He also saw a supervisor remove the keys and lock his toolbox, taking the keys with him. Mm. Uh-huh. The other things they found in the furnace was the steel toe of a boot, pars- possibly part of an eyeglass frame, part of a walkie-talkie, and this, like, looped-up stainless steel wire. So, like, a, a wire that has been looped into three multiple times, like, three loops. Um, there was also several pieces of human bone. The police failed to determine how he died, but thought suicide was possible. Based on nothing. The only evidence for that is that he had previously attempted suicide at the time of his divorce. However, that's years ago. His family doesn't believe that that he would have committed suicide. He had purchased groceries for the week. He was planning this vacation with his kids. All his bills for the month were paid up. Like He wasn't acting like someone who didn't expect to be around. I don't know that that's the most like realistic way to think about suicidal thoughts. But also, I don't think anybody would want to die this way. Well, he didn't leave a note. There was no, no. I mean, there's other other than that, but that he had been suicidal once. They there's no actual evidence that he he did kill himself. Also, I don't really understand like how this furnace worked and whatever. But someone, uh, one of the former employees, tells us that to get in there, you kind of would have had to be lowered in. Like there are some safety precautions at this place, and it's not like you could just fall in. There's right? guardrails, yeah. You, it's a little, a little bit covered. You're not gonna, be yeah. able to just trip and end up and, in the front. And even it sounded like it would even be hard to like jump in. Like they don't want that to happen, obviously. So he was saying like to get in there, you would probably have to be like lowered in, which might explain the metal wire loops, which is. Uh, right they thought he those loops could have been tying his arms or legs together perhaps yeah so the person that tells about that is david day he was a former nlo employee he has a mustache it's a very dense gray mustache that i called the good guy for for coming out against nlo and this idea that this guy killed himself um So, of course, the speculation is, was he killed because he knew the plant was releasing radioactive materials into the environment? Then, this is also horrible, like, then there's speculation, like, was he in there dead? Did they put him in alive? Like, let's certainly hope not. That sounds so, so horrible. Was that wire used to bind his feet? Then, this ends on this particularly sad note, that the remains, the bone fragments that were found... Are, were too toxic to be returned to the family for burial. Oh man. So they had nothing to bury, and apparently those are, like, in a drum in the closed-down plant. Oh, God. Is, is where it was at the end of Unsolved Story Mysteries. wild. It's very bizarre and very sad and scary. If you look at um, Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, this is still unsolved, but a t- 
2013 study found that there was a high rate of cancer among former employees at NLO, most likely due to their exposure to high levels of radiation. Ugh. Which is not surprising, but also really depressing. Um, also, this like environmental scandal got out anyway. What a total waste. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, if they did kill him because he knew something. It's like, well, that information got out anyway. Also, that probably, like, definitely put the other employees on high alert. Like, oh, they killed Dave. I wonder if they're up to something sketchy here. Yeah. So justice for Dave Box, everybody. It's so, so sad. That story is bananas. It's very, very crazy. And also a reminder when people are like, oh, you live in a free country. You should be thankful. You can criticize your government. Can I? Could Dave box? I mean, I can talk shit, but if you actually know something, yeah, hmm. yeah, scary. Hmm. It's very. We're gonna scary. end up in a in a radioactive oven. Oh, I'm sorry. I love the government. I love this country. Don't put me in the radioactive furnace. Okay, well, that's where we end this episode. Why so, should we rate it? I'm so sorry for Dave. I know. I don't know if I should name his... He also had a mustache. We'll just call him the whistleblower. Okay. Oh, man, Dave. I'm so sorry. R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah, let's rate this. Okay, mysteriousness. I'm not that mysterious. I feel like... (laughs) I'm not sure pets have mental telepathy powers. I'm going to say two out of three of these mysteries are not mysterious because I don't find the plain mystery mysterious at all. No. And actually, I kind of don't find Dave's death mysterious. I guess we don't know, like, which individual at the plant put him in the furnace, but I don't think he got in there himself. So that's, in a way, not mysterious either. Yeah, so thumbs down. Thumbs down. Reenactments? Gotta be a thumbs up for the pets. Yeah, just for the pets alone. Thumbs Do you think up. all those cats in that truck were trained <laughs> cats? I don't know. That's a really good question. They seem to be such a driving hazard. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I wish we could get a pet mystery every single episode. Thumbs way up. Loved it. Fashion? Unremarkable. Other than that <laughs> pink, purple, teal coat, I... Mm, it's just nothing. Yeah, there wasn't anything that really stood out to me. No. I just, does Lady's coat, just her fur count as fashion? Because that was pretty good. I mean, Lady was a fashionable dog. Or... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no, thumbs down. I'm not impressed. I gotta give a thumbs up to Robert Stack. Is oh, that pet mystery? Absolutely. in a very sharp turtleneck. Him by a lassie dog is like his natural element i feel like he seems so at home with that beautiful dog yeah and we get a lot of narration from him particularly in your ufo military plane segment because there's really not much there so they kind of need him to like hold it together but also robert stack i mean that plane mysteries and that is a that is a robert stack thing yeah that's true because it's really more of a military thing than a ufo thing so He's into it. And yeah, so, oh yeah, thumbs way up for him. He he really, uh, he didn't phone in this one like, like he sometimes does. He got off his yacht and showed up for work. 
overall, I think this episode was was really good. I I didn't love the airplane mystery, but I loved the pet mystery and your mystery at the it's terrifying plant was fascinating, very sad, but also a really interesting story. It's kind of interesting to me. I feel like Unsolved Mysteries has a baseline of being like very pro law enforcement, very like patriotic, but then we'll tell these stories is like, and the government killed this guy. Uh, that tension is just fascinating to me. Um, I I enjoyed this episode. I mean, that pet thing, when I learned that I just got to talk about pets finding their way home, I was like, thank you. This is the opposite of the orphan train. Like I could talk about that all day. Um, uh, so, okay. So out of five Robert Sex, is it a four? I think it might be. I'm going to give it a four. I, I liked it a lot. I think it deserves a four. I just, yeah, I would just like to switch this to being a pets podcast, please. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I think <laughs> we're getting closer and closer. We're inching that direction every day. Just, oh, wait, this is the Pupcast. And people are like, this is not what I subscribe to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would give this a four. It's definitely worth watching. Um, and I, I could see making people watch that pet segment. Yeah, because it's really good. Yeah, it is. It's like a little mini Homeward Bound, which... yes. We all need one that of my was, favorite movies. That movie was for in my childhood. Like if it's raining at recess and they can't let the kids outside, it's like, all right, going to the library. We're going to watch half an hour of Homeward Bound. <laughs> and I was always hoping we'd watch Secret of Nim, which was also a, a regular. But there was a lot of Homeward Bound watched in the library. Bored children that wish they were outside. Oh, man. Anyway, that's that. I'm just sad about Dave. Yeah. No yeah. one deserves that. I mean, no. except Jeff Bezos, but no one else. Not many people deserve that. No. Mm -mm. Okay. I'm not going to say no one, but not many. <laughs> not, it's rare. It's quite rare. Uh, so now we do the part of the show where we each recommend something because we know you really care what we think. And that you want to be like us. So you're definitely going to write down these recommendations and then incorporate them into your daily lives. We're basically influencers. Yeah, but but, but better. Yeah. <laughs> We're, I, yeah, which is worse, being an influencer or being a podcaster? <laughs> I'm not sure. Not sure either, uh, but I do have a recommendation for you. It's actually uh, twofold. I have a book and TV recommendation because they're kind of one and the same. And that is Sharp Objects. I already talked to Samantha a little bit about this, but I finally watched the miniseries Sharp Objects on HBO, which stars Amy Adams. It's based on a book by Gillian Flynn. Um it's about a reporter who has to go back to her hometown in Missouri after the murder of two young girls. And she's sent to investigate it. And so it's her trying to solve this mystery, but also just like dealing with all the bullshit of her hometown. And I can't remember how many episodes it is. Six, eight, something like that. And I just thought it was so good. I think 
the acting is incredible. The cast is all really good. I mean, obviously Amy Adams is great, but like everybody does such a good job in it. And um, her family lives in this like amazing um, southern mansion. Um, so the set for that or the location that they lose is just like beautiful. It's just stunning. And I thought it was just like so well filmed and so well done. So after watching that and really enjoying it, I listened to the audiobook of the book. And um, even though I knew the like twist and what was going to happen, I still really enjoyed it. I think it's super well written. The like character of the main character, Camille, is just like really well realized and done. And she has just like these amazing little observations for things. Um, so even though I already knew the plot and it's a very faithful adaptation for the miniseries, I still really enjoyed listening to the book. I just think it's super good. I read the book a long time ago and really enjoyed it. Have you read any other Jillian Flynn novels? So since listening to that, I listened to the audiobook for Dark Places, which I did enjoy. Um, that is the story of a woman who's the lone survivor of like a her family being massacred and so she is when she she when she's a child her whole family is murdered and then she grows up and eventually like starts looking into it to figure out what really happened i didn't like that as much but i still thought it was really good um she's a good writer i'm listening to the audiobook for gone girl right now and that's probably the one i'm like least into I think this is exactly the order that I would rank her novels to. Sharp Objects, Dark Places, Gone Girl. She also wrote a short story called The Grown Up that is really good. Oh, I okay. I would recommend it. I'll check that very out. very short. <laughs> I own it, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I really, it's it's funny and, and I uh, think maybe... underrated, I think, of all of her works. I think by the time I had seen the movie Gone Girl, I already knew the, like, you know, thing of it um so that ruined that experience a little bit i mean that's not like a complaint on anyone it's just it took me a while to watch it so the idea of it was like already out there um so i'm listening to the audiobook and it's good but it's not i don't know it's not doesn't captivate me the same way that sharp objects does i just think it has such a great like sense of that place and like how she feels being back there i just feel like it's so well done um and i guess i'm just like less interested in the gone girl story i don't know i do think it's very funny that in the book for gone girl they talk about the husband having this like super unlikable face that he's like <laughs> handsome but people like instantly dislike him and that they cast ben affleck so i just think that's hilarious but <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh yeah that, that makes sense uh oh yeah you have to you have to watch this miniseries it's so good the acting is so good i, I might just, need to watch it because i did enjoy the novel i just think it's really really well done and um yeah yeah that's my recommendation what about you so i am recommending something probably silly but that and i'm not being dramatic i think has changed my life mm. so i'm listening one of my 2021 issues has been with my back. I have back mm -hmm. issues and back pain. The situation's not great. And uh, friends, family, and some coworkers know that I've been having these issues. And I was talking with a coworker who struggles with sciatica. And she told me, Samantha, you have to get 
these cloud slide shoes. I got them on Amazon. I generally try not to recommend things you have to buy on Amazon, but it's really the best place to get these. And I actually love these things. They're hideous rubber shoes. So what is their deal? They're like, um, <laughs> okay, okay. they're honestly not anything special. It's just that they're really thick foam on the bottom. I, I describe it like if you were, wa- if you made shoes out of a, like one of those anti-fatigue mats, like I have one in front of my, my stove and one in front of my sink where it's kind of squishy um, and you okay. stand on it yeah. and it, it keeps your feet from getting you know, sore. That's like what these are made of, I think, or like something very similar where it's like an, the bottom of the shoe is like an inch and a half of thick foam and they are so comfortable. They're ugly to oh. wear, I'm not going to lie, but they're so comfortable. I, and I think this is a regional thing potentially, but I don't wear shoes in the house because I was kind of raised like if you grew up in Minnesota, I think you were raised that wearing shoes in the house is rude. And so that's not something that I typically do because uh, I'm just used to it. Yeah, I don't but either. my feet hurt and it hurts my back. And lately I found that if I forget to put on my cloud slides and I'm just walking around my house barefoot, I'll suddenly realize that my back is bothering me or my feet are sore. Oh. And if I put on my cloud slides instant relief they're so comfortable travis put them on and walked around in them for a minute and so described them as springy um they have a little bit of a springiness i am not going to recommend a specific retailer because if you if you go on amazon and look up cloud slides or cloud slippers you'll find that they all look exactly the same i'm pretty sure they're probably all made in the same factory you just need to basically pick a color that you like um i have two different pairs and from two different companies other than one is slightly larger, I think. They're exactly the same. Um, I'm contemplating get buying a pair in black to like wear out in the world. <laughs> to like wear mm-hmm, outside mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's how comfortable they are. I've noticed that they're marketed as shower shoes sometimes. And I do think that would be a good application for them. Like if you're going off to college and, and want to put a little bit more distance between you and the gross shower floor versus like wearing flip-flops, I think these would be perfect. They're grippy. Um, so they would be good for showering. Uh, but I just think they're so comfortable. And if you have any amount of back pain, if you are working from home now and always sitting down and your back hurts, um, try these out. They're truly amazing. And I'm literally contemplating buying a a third pair. So I'm never without (laughs) my cloud slides. I think you absolutely should. They're so comfortable. They're so comfortable. They've changed your life. Right now I'm looking at them. They're so so comfortable there you go yeah so cloud slides maybe you can buy them somewhere else if you don't want to support jeff bezos um they're also i appreciate i wear slippers in the in the winter time um but they get so gross so fast and these Mm -hmm. i think will resist that because they're just thick rubber (laughs) my feet don't get really hot in them because they're slides and they're not gonna like sort of get sweaty and gross and broken down the same way as slippers i think so i'm enjoying that aspect of them as well have you ever worn crocs yes how do they compare they're i don't find crocs to be as supportive as these okay Okay. Um, but they're very the material is similar so if you you know have worn crocs and you kind of know what they feel like these feel similar i think it's the similar material they're like rubbery right right but crocs are thinner like the the sole of these are a lot thicker um like an inch and a half maybe even two inches like they're very thick and i'm pretty sure that's what makes them so comfortable you're just walking on super thick foam but they're not like 
like I said, they're not anything special. It's not like they're form fitted to your feet or anything. They don't seem like they have any arch support. It's just literally thick foam. And something about them is just so it is kind of like walking on a cloud. I don't there know. There you go. I absolutely had platform shower shoes to keep me that far away from the gross ground. Don't recommend that. That sounds a little dangerous. (laughs) Also, hi, mom. Did my mom say, no, that's a terrible idea? No, she didn't. I guess she was allowing me to make my own mistakes. I I fell down in those shoes a lot. The theory is somewhat solid in that you put some more distance between you and the gross floor. But I just think you're going to fall over. Yeah. Well, I also just like wore them around and fell down a lot of stairs. (laughs) I actually, this reminds me that I have another sort of recommendation, which is that if you've been very hot, I know this summer has been extremely warm, and you've been having trouble sleeping because it's so warm, I highly recommend putting ice packs in your bed, which is something I discovered when I used to do physical therapy, and I had to ice my sternum, and I was like, when when am I going to have time to do this? So I would just do it as I was falling asleep. But then, if you have ice packs in your bed, it cools down the whole bed. I think that's a really good idea. I do Ugh, the opposite so in the nice. winter. I'll put a hot water bottle in my bed. Right. And that's toasty warm. So I, the same would apply with an ice pack, just in the opposite. I absolutely, for this recommendation, uh, recommend the type of ice packs for food, opposed to those like flexible medical ice packs. Because unless you With the, are like blue gel, yeah. Unless you're like really icing like your knee or something that you need a curve to it, those things don't stay frozen very long. So if you're looking to cool down your bed, I would literally just get one of those big solid blocks you like put in a cooler or whatever. Put that in your bed. It's it, that that's the real miracle, folks. It's miraculous. <laughs> it's really brilliant. I think it's a great as a great idea and a great recommendation because it is <laughs> hot as hell. It really has been quite toasty. So that is my final thoughts before we wrap up this episode uh, and remind you of oh all those things we remind you of every time. That you need to do us a solid and slam that subscribe button so hard you break your phone. Uh, because obviously you're going to want this podcast in your life, right? I mean, I think that's clear. Uh, we're on social media. Can you believe it? We are. Twitter, Instagram. We have a couple Facebook groups you should join. Everybody in there is cool. Um, what if else, hear me sound? If you want to hear me solve the mystery of werewolves and also get yeah. instant access to a lot of bonus content, you can give us a dollar on Patreon. You can give us a little bit more money on Patreon and get some other cool stuff. We send out coloring sheets once a month, once a quarter. We send out cool gifts. It's a great way to support us and also get some stuff in return. Um, also, we are at least consistent with putting out that content. If we can't get real episodes out, we at least get out bonus episodes. You get so. the episodes you pay for, for sure. Yeah. One, uh, one bonus episode a month. Yep. Um, did you know you could still buy our zine? That we made a zine about this show, and it has things like a recipe for mac and cheesies in it? Well, there's more details at our website. Perhaps it's you.com. You can find yeah. out how to order our cool zine. And there's also, like, our recommendations on there, though they're not up to date. 
There's and a form where you can get in contact with us. If you have a paranormal or spooky story, you should send it to us. We read them on our season finale episode, and we really need some more. So <laughs> yeah, we do. get on there. You can also just straight up email us. Perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com. Especially email us if you want to just like stroke our egos and say some nice things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's always appreciated. If you, you can put those in five-star reviews. Yes. We need our five-star reviews. The only type of reviews we accept. I would like to add, uh, if you're going to email us a story, if you have a story about holy water, somehow, I don't know, you splashed it on someone and it started to sizzle. A paranormal story about holy water, doing something, curing your grandma, I don't know. We want those stories as well. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't have to be confirmed by the Catholic Church. I'll believe you. Yeah, we'll take those stories. If you have a story um, of a pet miraculously coming home yes. after an absence or journey, I want to hear that too. Or you, a cat came home and you thought it was your cat and it turned out it was another cat. We'll take those stories as well. All Identical these, cat send, stories. Send them to us. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't know. You should follow my own Instagram. Everybody likes Liz to see my artwork and stuff. Yeah. That's something you should do. I think that might be everything that we talk about at the you end got a of lot these of stuff things. to plug these days damn i know it just goes on and on well thanks for listening everyone we hope this brought a little mystery into your life made your days a little richer you know yeah just a little magic the magic of the lord's water sprinkled into your life right yeah samantha's like sure liz <laughs> whatever you say um yeah it's you know it's good to be back thanks for listening everybody thanks for not being mad we're now a fortnightly podcast we appreciate you yeah we appreciate you i think that's all bye fare thee well bye